thinky, thirsty, and over 30. Welcome to Afternoon Army, a safe place for grown armies to dish and discover BTS. We are four ladies who just wanted to know their names and now can explain the meaning of Lachimolala. New to Army? No problem. Come along as we explore all the important business that Bongtan throws our way. Join us on the last Tuesday of every month as we hop in the clown car and drive to the circus. And stay tuned for shorter, snack-sized episodes between hosts and various correspondents. Because one thing we know is that content, well, it just keeps on coming. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hello. Happy Festa. Happy Festa. 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 A lot. I think today might have been one of the more epic days in Festa, at least so far. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I don't, I wasn't, I will say I wasn't as involved this time last year for Festa. So, like, I didn't know that it was like a full body, full emotional event last year I was Mm -hmm. still pretty baby army so like I didn't have a festa calendar that looked like a monopoly board I I didn't pay attention to such things I didn't pay attention to like the song a days or anything like that so this time I'm a little more tired I feel it a little (laughs) bit feel my age a little bit more as (laughs) yeah the hydration is definitely necessary at this point yeah tonight I'm trading with a a glass of Jameson's <laughs> I think we're, we're at that point and here's why so today I think the theme of the show is essentially just us having collective therapy over <laughs> what is going on in Festa so far and we're not we're not through Festa not by um, a long shot <laughs> but it's today, June 11th when yeah, we're recording so June 11th so I think what finally drove me to have my nightcap was the fact that I have never, I I mean, I know you all pretty well at this point. We've hung out as like real people. I have never watched any of you fall asleep in real time. Yet now I can say that I've watched Jungkook fall asleep two times. (laughs) And that feels like a lot to say about a person. I just feel like the bed and the bedding was a, a... It was a blessing I didn't know I needed in my life. It's very, like I got the text because you know when the, it's a fire drill when there's a text, right? And I got a physical text from someone in the group chat. That was me. Okay, good. And I couldn't remember who it was. That was like, JK's live and he's in bed. And I was like, immediately opening reverse. Drop everything. (laughs) Right? Like everything was on hold. But I just felt like, we are parasocialing, totally okay with it, but we are definitely parasocialing. I don't know what else. I don't. I don't with have him, with him especially. Yeah. Yes. So okay, let's first start with. You know, we see, RM is the only member that's ever given us like a full unbridled access to his living space. You know, he did the vlogs where he basically was like, "Come see the whole shebang house." Mostly because he has like amazing art and was showing it off. But I mean, like we saw the bedroom, we saw the kitchen, like we got through the whole house. 
I'd say Jungkook would keep seeing his house, but more just kind of incidentally because like he's, you know, shooting it in different spots. So today we finally got to the bedroom. And you know what? Love the traditional Korean pillow for him. It's the only pillow he has on his whole bed. And that's fine. He's got white sheets, white walls. As far as we can see, I mean, there could be like a giant mural behind the camera. But as far as we can see, we're still going with the very minimalist aesthetic that seems to drive the rest of the apartment. Because I've yet to see a thing hanging on the walls in that place. I can't think of anything, no. So just a point of interest that he, his style is quite, uh, it's like going to an Apple store. (laughs) Yes. So I always, I always think of it as, I think we talked about this one time about like their fashion or like their fashion sense or whatever, like what would they wear? What company? This was way before the CK thing. We're talking about like maybe Nike, he would collab with Nike or he would collab with someone. And I had said something like, I feel like with JK, they just say, put this on and he puts it on. Like he's not very particular about things like anything I've ever watched with a run episode or anything I've ever watched like the bong tom bombs or anything like that like it's just very like let's go and he's like okay I'll just wear I feel like he's the boyfriend that wears whatever's on the floor when he wakes up in the morning which I'm okay with that that's fine and I kind of feel like he is like that college guy you dated that that was his first apartment and there's like a mattress on the floor and a tv and like all the cords were out and like maybe he had a toaster but also he burned all the toast. That's I that's what that's the vibe I get. And the candles are a nice touch. The scarf over the light, be careful. That's a fire hazard, but whatever. Like I just sometimes I look at it and go, okay, yeah, that it makes all the sense to me and like zero sense to me. Like, where did the comforter come from? Was it like moving out day at Hybe and he saw it by the trash like he was like this is still in really good work in order let's take it because that's like his dorm like the dorm couch is his couch it's just weird it's not weird I shouldn't say it's weird it's very endearing but there there are questions we have questions right because we've like June's apartment what that glass end table is like thousands of dollars what was it like five thousand dollars or something like ridiculous like that he's like a custom made kitchen table so i question sure priorities (laughs) allison any thoughts on the jk live specifically or just about today's live overwhelm (laughs) both and or either okay um i just thought it was really sweet that we got to watch jk go to bed at i think it was 4 a.m in korea is that right so great love that um and immediately just jumped on and he was just mumbling and sleepy and then i was you know crafting in my craft room um the one live that i'm very sad that i missed was yoongi's because i was out for brunch today and i've never regretted planning a brunch so much in my life because i was like got the text and I was like, well, I can't just pull up Weavers right now because that would be rude. But so I'm going to hop on and watch Yoongi's later. And then there was Taze. So there was a lot going on. So I missed Taze. I saw some of Yoongi's, but I was working today. We had an event. So while I was basically blowing up balloons for a graduation event while the Yoongi Live was happening like in the background. But what I did see, and I just want to touch on very shortly, is I watched some 
like pirated live stream of the Sim Invest uh, Tay meetup where, you know, he's an ambassador for the investment app Sim Invest. And I watched some of the live for that. And like, I do not want us to get sued. So I do not want to like disparage like the marketing <laughs> that I saw. Let, I just want to share and folks can draw their own conclusions that essentially it was something along the lines of like this, like it was very much a lot of bestie talk, like in the lead up to like Taehyung coming out was like this app, I guess, is functioning kind of like a bestie. And like, what are things you like to do with your bestie? And, you know, very much like spill the tea with your bestie was all kind of there was a lot of jargon around like this platform and it was funny because they went through like a bunch of rigmarole and the people that were sitting in the audience are all very wealthy people and they um, paid good money to be there to do this meet and greet and they were subjected I would say to 45 minutes of non-riveting sales and marketing to get the Tay experience and the one thing I do want to say is that Taehyung came out and I was like, how is he going to show up? So he came out and he had the full blonde hair. So he revealed the blonde and he was in full Tata Mike mode, which was not totally unexpected, but like, you know, he sat down and the Tata Mike face just like came on him. So he was kind of like shy, a little, some of the head stuff went on. And then at one point, one of the questions was like, what is a memory that you have of BTS? And he said, my clearest memory is a fight and I don't want to talk about that and I'm like hey like no everyone's like well I need to know more so he just said what I will share is that I really miss the members but I just love that like that was his like go-to was like oh my biggest memory well my clearest memory is a really big fight we had whoo can't get into that so moving on honest answers <laughs> I love I love that he's so unpredictable. It always makes anything he does uh, always entertaining. <laughs> yeah, he is because we were in the group chat last night and we're like, we don't like we have expectations. But we have zero expectations because like we have no idea. I mean, it could go one or two ways. And so I'm like, I think it's sweet that he went and talked to Mike. Like, I think that's really sweet because that's like, I probably because he didn't know what to expect either. <laughs> like, I, who knows? That's an interesting choice for investors to go Tata Mike. Like, I wonder if he was just more comfortable and yeah, if that's an easy reach for him. Maybe in his mind is like, well, that's their job. I'm just going to see Army. I'm just going to show up for the Army mm. that are here. I wonder. And sometimes mm -hmm. when I've seen him go into Tata Mike, like there, there's one live I can think of where I don't know if you remember, but they like played some sort of game. And then it was like, whoever loses has to stay and do the live and the rest of them could leave. And it was like Jin, Jungkook, and maybe Hobie. And they played the game and Taehyung lost. And so the rest of them were like, okay, bye, see you. And they left him alone. And like, this has been, this was live in like the last like year and a half, two years. I remember so, this. I think it was like after PTD Soul, maybe. Maybe somewhere yeah. around so, that time, a little over. Taehyung, a year ago. Like doesn't quite believe they're gonna leave, and they fully just like walk out. And when they walk out, he's there by himself. The V Live's going, and he goes into like full Tata Mike mode, and like doesn't really know what to do. And he's like, maybe I'll play music, but he's just like Tata Miking it like up the wazoo. And then he's like, the members are coming back, right? They don't come back for a while, and then Jungkook and Hobie come back. Jin did not. Jin was like, <laughs> Jin was out of there. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> 
Um, and then he was like relieved. So I was also like, I wonder if it's also like a bit of like a nerd, like, you know, it didn't feel like he was putting it on to like have a persona. It felt like he like truly, he doesn't, I think some of the reasons his lives are short are because like, I mean, I think I don't know why, but sometimes I wonder if like, he doesn't always know what he wants to say. And so short and sweet or the Tata Mike is like kind of like a little like nervous tick sometimes. Like I'm not, I'd be curious how much he's like fully putting on the persona because it doesn't feel like worldwide handsome, which feels like very much the persona that Jen puts on to deal with social anxiety to like lean in hard. Yeah, it's interesting. It doesn't seem like Jungkook or Tae usually go on with any kind of agenda, except maybe just to to keep Army company or soothe us somehow if, during or during Festa, you know, just show up and be there. Whereas the other ones usually come for a reason, like it's the end of a tour or they're promoting something or they just came on to do a mukbang or something like that. And also, I guess we should say that, like, you know, if you're baby or Army if you're wondering what we're talking about with Tata Mike, because that could be a thing too. Like a lot of people know what Tata Mike is, but not everyone might. And so does anyone want to explain quickly what Tata Mike is all about? I can't. Oh, go ahead, Megan. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was just going to say there, it's a bong tom bomb. I think it's like a, some type of behind the scenes and they are pulling prizes. Like there's a bunch of stuff out on the table. They get to see all, but it's all like BT 21 merchandise and it's him and Hobie. And Hobie pulls and he gets like a, a Mong microphone, like a karaoke, like not karaoke, but it's like one of those microphones that like change your voice or whatever. And Hobie's like, oh my God, like I got this mic. This is so cool. And of course, like Hobie Hobie's and it's great. And then V's like, I want one of those. Well, he keeps pulling not the right things. Like every time he pulls something, he's like, oh, I got Uno cards or I got this or I got that. So finally he pulls and he's all, to Mike and he like shows it real quick and then the person's like okay give me the paper and he's like what do you mean Gabe? no and they're like yeah show us what it says and instead of showing it he eats it and he just keeps saying Tata Mike Tata Mike and they finally give him one and then he gets it and he gets this look on his face it's like so baby he's just so proud of himself that he finagled this mic and then like that's it and then when you go back and you watch like different clips, he's done it before. It's just that's the one clip that like really solidified it as Tata Mike face. Um, and it's adorable and it's cute. But like, I'm pretty sure that slip of paper did not say Tata Mike. But I'll never know because he ate it. So I don't know. I love that he ate it like it was Mission Impossible or something. <laughs> ate it. And he does this very, if you haven't seen it before, if you're new to all this, he does this very sweet sort of head wobble with it. That's very endearing. Yeah. <laughs> And then anyone want to talk at all about, uh, so we had the Sugar Live today too, and this was the last night of the Thailand concert. And it's notable for me, I guess the one thing I want to say is that the last time he did a live, so when he was in the US, he did a live after the East Coast, like the New York and New Jersey shows. He did one after the Chicago shows. He did one after LA, or no, not LA. He did one after Oakland. So kind of considering like the California shows as one unit. And then he got clearly very sick. Um, so doing the Indonesia show and the Japan show, he was still quite ill. And so he didn't do lives. And so now doing lives at the end of the Thailand show, like to me, it's a clue that he might be feeling a little bit better, which is good. His vibe seemed pretty good. Like even though he was still coughing a little bit, his he seemed like he had, was in a good mood and had good energy. 
I was just wondering if he was coughing because, like, I didn't catch any of the earlier. I saw that he was live. I was actually, like, showering. So, like, I missed part of it. And then I got out and I was like, oh, I'll check in. He's still on it. And so I did what you're not supposed to do. Screen record. Don't sue me. Um, Because I'll only share it with the group chat. And um, I would take a screen recording. And, like, in the middle of it, he's talking and eating. And he eats with his mouth full, which is something i hate except when he does don't ask me why anyway um there, there are only seven people that are allowed to do that swear <laughs> to god it's, yeah. it's so gross like i hate myself okay but anyway back on to the point and he's like talking and chewing and eating at the same time and he kind of like inhales and i swear i think he like started to choke on food and i was like listen if the only screen recording i'm getting today is him literally choking on food and eating the heimlich i'm gonna be real sad like i'm gonna be real mad about this but then i stopped i like took it and then nothing was really going on so i stopped it but i kept watching and from what i could tell he was still kind of like coughing so i was just wondering like maybe the food was spicy but I didn't see any from the beginning. Apparently, he was coughing through the whole thing. So my theory doesn't hold. But I just thought it was cute. And he, like, he went and grabbed a soda, like a Coca-Cola real quick. Was trying to, like, drink it so he could, like, get back on task. But um, I feel like he choked on food. Like, he was just – because we he shovels food in his face. Like, it could have been spicy, too. That might have been part of it as hot peppers or something. Yeah. I, only have, I only have one thing to say, and then I'll let our sugar biases uh, weigh in more heavily but I just want to say that I don't know if it's because of Hagum or not but there's something about the way he wields chopsticks that makes me crazy now I mean just watching him eat and watching the just the the just the I don't care way in which he just uses them without any thought or effort I don't I can't even describe the way he holds them there's just something feral inducing about it I don't know what to say at this point (laughs) yeah it was it was a whole it's a whole new world that's opened up i think he's having a lot of fun in thailand and that makes me very happy like the shows look incredible he they're huge the audience is gigantic and i'm glad he's having a great time there i'm excited to go back and watch his live i haven't done it yet i've just seen little clips of how he was eating thai food every day and he, he loves thai food and then um what else oh he's somebody asked him about the yellow drink he was drinking and he's like well i guess you really don't care that much because you didn't ask again or something like that in typical like sugar savage way he's like all right moving on so that's what i've caught of his be live and what's funny is that i've looked up all the venues where um he's performed and i mean someone can correct me but from what i've seen just like online oakland was the biggest show which is fun, like the biggest arena. So I don't think that another one is bigger than that, which is interesting because there's some, because the other thing is that like I saw some photos from Oakland and some video footage and it felt so much bigger than what it looked like. I felt like, I mean, it was, it was a sold out packed arena show, but I think after stadiums, the space felt more intimate. And so I think, but somehow on camera, it looks much and so, I'm, yeah, I'm curious because, yes, like watching Japan and watching Thailand, it looked gigantic. <laughs> and then when I was like looking up all the venue sizes, I was like, actually, Oakland Arena has the biggest seating capacity of any of these. It was definitely bigger than um, Allstate in Chicago. It had like a whole additional level on top than compared to Allstate. Oh, really? Yeah, Allstate didn't even have that like third 
level or whatever it was. Oh, wow. So that was yeah. like a... It was much smaller, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I think what struck me about the setup in Thailand, at least from what I saw online, was that the floor had four distinct area like quadrants and that was like after his stage like maybe the first two were sort of around his stage and then there was like two more in the back but like that's significantly more floor than we or maybe it's just because everybody was I can't remember if they were sitting down if they had like assigned seats on the floor whereas we were all standing and so it just looked more spread out than what we had but yeah. It yeah, looked like I, oh, oh sorry. I was just gonna say it looked like at those at the two concerts, the one in um Japan and the one in Thailand, that they it, I can't I, t- I couldn't tell either if it was GA, but it, they are so much farther back from where he was. Mm. So like where like there's that video where he goes and like gives high fives, like being real cute about it, like get, like catch me if you can kind of vibe. But, like, he had to, like, get off the stage and walk over there. And, like, he had to do that in Oakland, too, but it seemed closer. Like, it seemed like almost that you – like, because you guys were in GA, like, you guys could almost touch the stage. Like, not really, but, like, the like the, the view looked like you could almost just put your arm out and, like, touch part of the stage, even though we know that's not true. And when I was watching, like, footage from Thailand recently, it looked like almost, like, there was like a big like six foot space in between where the stage ended and then where that crowd actually began. And I didn't feel like there was that much space in Oakland. I felt like it was like a lot closer on the floor, but that could be just be like my bird's eye view. Yeah. Visually what I've seen is it doesn't look like it's GA at all in Asia. It looks like it's seats. And also I'm not sure about the other um, locations because I don't sports ball at all. I'm pretty sure Kia Forum isn't like a sports arena, I don't think. But um, but Oakland Arena was, it used to be where the Warriors play. So it was a basketball court. And so I think it was, it is a tighter space there because a basketball court's not giant. That makes sense. Yeah, and I just like mad respect to the Thailand audience that did the fan chant. They like created the fan chant for Life Goes On, which I thought was really sweet. Um, and he seemed to really enjoy that too, which I think is great. Like anytime you can make them smile is like a win in my book, like a let's go uh, army. So that was amazing. That's great. You know, one thing I loved in his live today was that he took a moment to kind of give a shout out to army from all kinds of different countries. I know it's kind of a no-no to demand during lives that the members acknowledge your country or whatever, but he just saw the flags and took a minute to kind of say, I see all your flags today. And But the thing that really kind of warmed my heart the most, just because I, I always think about army in India, because they are such a force and they are such loyal fans and have been for so many years and they've still never had to my knowledge a live show of any kind for from any bts or any member and he took that moment to kind of say i love indian entertainment i love movies i love the music and and you know he basically promised that they were going to go and i thought that that was pretty amazing given that the, that uh, army in India, DC army, have been waiting for so long. I think it's I thought that was great. Can we talk about Swichita? Absolutely, because I am all up in my feels about it, and need to talk to you all about. So, to yesterday, did it drop yesterday? The Swichita with Jin, and then our special guest, um, 
J-Hope aired and I woke up early, got my coffee, sat down when it was quiet and nobody could bother me and I watched it and cried the entire time, which I'm not surprised by because it was Jin. And it, it opens with Jin saying, like, by the time you see this, I'll be well adjusted and doing well. And it was just such a beautiful thing to, for him to say and like, just his care for army and making sure that we were doing okay with him being gone was very sweet. Um, but just like the relaxed happiness between Yoongi and Jin, I was not emotionally prepared for at all. I like, I mean, obviously they've been together for 10 years. Like they know each other very well and they're very comfortable with each other, but that was a level of comfortability that I was not expecting from them so the energy was so different between the two of them it's so interesting to see how the energy shifts in different combinations of the members uh i was i think i commented to all of you in our group chat that uh i noticed you know, like j-hope is always uh so wound up when he's around jimin or taehyung or, or jungkook but when he was just with uh the older members he kind of went into his quiet listening mode where he kind of hangs back and he's a little more chill. And uh, it's just interesting to see how the energy shifts between them. But yeah, that, that what, observing that deep bond, that mature friendship, them talking about being roommates and the way that they, they get along and how much they trust each other was pretty. Uh, I, I think we've just learned a lot about all of them, but especially all three of them and especially the two of them in that episode. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say that I love that Jin said, what I loved about living with you is you left me alone. And I just really love that because there's only certain people in your life that know that about you. Do you know what I mean? Like it, mm -hmm. it takes a, it takes a lot for you to get to know someone and get to know their personality enough to know when they want to be left alone, like no questions asked. And when he said that, I just like, Oh, it like got me in the feels because I was like, you know, you look at all you look at all the members and how they all hang out together. And I always like forget about this duo. Um, there's a fun meme about like them being in the office like it's filmed like Leah sent it to me the other day about like Yungi's always being filmed like he's in the office. And it's literally like all these different takes of him and Jen like fishing or like doing other stuff. But like I always forget about this duo. I always forget that like that's you know he's older than Yungi, so like that's Yungi's true young um and like just that whole their whole interaction talking about roommates but that part really got me that he said you know what i enjoyed most is that you left me alone uh and i like i don't know that just said a lot about the relationship and like and also about you like Yungi and the fact that he is he like looks at someone and like processes that relationship to know like, okay, this is who you are and I am who I am. And we're just going to put that bookshelf in between us and call it a day. <laughs> Can I just yeah. say for those of you who are the Brady Bunch generation, did, did that not conjure up for you, Marsha and Jan with the tape down the middle of the room? <laughs> Wasn't it them that had, that had the tape down the middle of the room? It just brought it all back for me. Sorry. So sweet. And I think that, I, there's a lot of things that stood out to me as I was watching it, but I just loved Sugar's like sugar, sugar's um genuine respect for him of like 
no, you like flesh out our vocal line, like you're integral. And he just like never missed an opportunity to tell Jin like how good he was and like how glad he was that he was a part of BTS. And I, that was really beautiful. And there's something else I'll forget, but I'll come back to that. Um, I also loved, I also love that they were talking and they were like, so like, what's it going to be like in like X amount of years, whatever. Yoongi's <laughs> like, I just know in 60 years, JK is going to be just as freaking annoying as he is right now. I died. I thought that was so funny. Also, I love when Hobie showed up and he started laughing and <laughs> Yoongi straight up said, ah, I knew there was someone being freaking annoying over there. Like, it's just like the way you just like, it's like, cannot put up with anyone's BS at any moment. It's my favorite thing about him. That was hilarious. Yeah, I really love seeing them interact in like subunits. I think it's one thing about chapter two that I find like I have loved this, you know, as much because something we haven't talked about yet, which is funny, pretty funny is we haven't even talked about take two yet, which I think we need to get to. Um, But I love like the members all together. I've really enjoyed their solo work. But there is something really cool to see them as these subunits. And I'm hoping that when we get to chapter three, we're going to see more space for that too. Um, I would, because I think that the way their creativity works, the way their personalities work, like interesting things happen when you do like different pairings. And so, yeah, if you just watch the energy that is between like Namjoon and Yoongi and the Suchwita and then like our Twitter, I guess that like you know when RM interviewed Yungi for D Day, is a totally different vibe than when it was Jimin, and then it's a totally different vibe when it's Jin, and then when Hobie comes out, there's like another little sauce that comes, you know, and so it's just it's really fun because I think part of the attraction to BTS is that like we really like them as people so much, and we're so like enraptured and invested in their like personalities and dynamics and so yeah seeing them like kind of like showcase these different sides of themselves is interesting i need to talk about a few things that brought were brought up in this life <laughs> okay number one is the fact that yungi talks about poop a lot and he is an anxious pooper i get it like you know i understand the impulse <laughs> and he yeah so we got in you know he just he really just gets into his poop more than the others, I would say. There was all kinds of excretion discussion in this episode, yes. <laughs> but he's also talked about like how he gets ideas in the toilet in the past and like how creativity is like linked to excretion. And so, you know, now we're just circling over to just like how he feels before shows when he has to like, you know, anxiety poop. He then revealed that he himself, because we already know he's an Ikea king. Like we saw him like putting together like stuff in one of the run BTS where he's a good builder. He installed the bidets in the door, like in the last dorm, like three in three bathrooms. He installed the bidets. Great. So I am glad to know that their private hygiene is like chef's kiss. They deserve nothing less. Then he talks about how Jin like to keep the room at a very warm temperature and he was on the side of the room that didn't have the window which is also interesting so i'm like so jen gets like the window side then they put up the bookshelf yungi's on like the little box side essentially and it would get so hot that yungi said he sweat a lot 
look, having watched D-Day now quite a few times, he gets sweaty on stage. Like, I'm not sad about it. I quite, I feel very um, attached to every bead of sweat that like comes out of his perfect little pores. But he's a sweaty dude. So he kind of confirmed that like, yes, he would sweat a lot. And he sweat to the point where when he moved out, he just said, I was informed that the mattress was like done. Now I'm paraphrasing, but basically he did, he did share, he was informed the mattress was no longer a usable mattress and had to like, I mean, maybe JK took it, but like, you know, it was, it was the end of the mattress's time. So, I mean, let's, can we have some thoughts on like some of the unpacking and like, you know, just like surprises that came up from that? I just want to say that I, I need, I, I guess I don't need to know, but what I think is funny is that I feel like Yungi is very like, if he dislikes something, he's very vocal about it, right? Like he'll say, oh, I don't like this. I don't like that. Like I, I have seen him in recent interviews that are almost to the point they're awkward because someone will ask him a question and he'll be like, no, that's not it. No, it doesn't elaborate nothing. Right. So like my question is, he lived with Jin for X years and never once was like, it's too hot in here for me. I can't live like this. He was like, well, he's older than me. So I guess it's a hundred degrees every day and I'll just sweat in this bed. Like that's the part, like I had questions about, like you never once said like, Hey bro, it's a little, it's a little steamy in here. Can we like turn down the heat or something? Like it just made me laugh. Like we never addressed this. And then the other thing that stood out for me about that is that we hear all the time that Jen doesn't like to be cold, like ever. So like this just confirmed it even more. So I just, I had a lot of questions about like how he just never brought that up. Like no one else brought it up. Jen, Jen seems, I read something um, because I was like on this rabbit hole about them being roommates. And I read something that Jen once, and I I don't know if this is true because it's like from Twitter or whatever. Like Jen once said the reason why he could never room with Namjoon is because Namjoon's like really messy. So I feel like Jen's like a real like put together person. And he never once was like, dude, your mattress smells. I, I just have a lot of questions. I just have I just have a lot of questions. They're never going to be answered, but those are my questions. That's what sticks out for me. Questions without answers. <laughs> so, you know, uh, building off of what you said about how Yoongi isn't afraid to say when he doesn't like something or doesn't agree with something, a lot of army were interested in in his kind of almost vehement uh response to Jin's kind of half-joking statement uh that Bang Shi Hook is, is like our dad and we're the brothers, we're the kids. And he was like, no, my dad is my dad. And I was kind of thinking, I bet his dad watches the show and he just wanted to make sure his dad knew that, you know, that that was not in, ever in question or that his he would never could never be replaced. I kind of wondered if that's what he was thinking about. That moment in the episode, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> there he is. He was making sure that everybody knew. It was it was very uh, eye-catching. Mm-hmm. When, and it, like, made me freeze up. It was so serious. You know, they, it was, like, this little serious, like, no. But, yeah. but very, you know, it was respectful and, and everything, but very firm. Wow. Yeah, that was interesting to see the power yeah. there. Mm. I saw some good memes were basically, like, Yingi affirming that, like, work boss is, is work boss. And loved it. I mean, it was, yeah, it was a very hot moment for me. Um, something else that I think that we need to talk about before we move on from Sushwita is 
Well, first, just a shout out for you, Tanya, that now it's basically confirmed that Hobie will be getting his own show. So hooray for that. Oh, my God. I know. That was, yeah, when he came out, that was, yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. And then they gave some answers for like a show to come. And then, mm-hmm. um, but Jin discussing more candidly some of the reason, because it's always interesting when we get some some more context, like JK recently talking about his fight with Jimin. Um, in a live and kind of giving more of the story around it Jin talking more about um, some of the reasons to do with their like potential breakup and how at 2018 he shared on stage winning the award you know kind of like we went through a lot and we considered breaking up and it was really emotional and so he kind of gave more of the context to like where he came from with that and he talked about how they'd been going through you know when they were really just like grinding and like rising up quickly they were basically working and getting 1.5 days off a month and I love that he basically was like the 0.5 is what really got me and I was like that would get me too like fuck you with this 0.5 like you don't even get two you just get a 0.5 like so any thoughts to to that idea of like burnout culture and what that must have been like I just think that know it like you said like we always get a little bit more context like as we go along we're getting more context more context and I have watched that video of them um at the mama awards I believe it is where they're like kind of all breaking down after winning like artist of the year album of the year or something like that um and it's so sad and they're crying and they talk about like we we were working so hard and we didn't know if we could endure it and we didn't know if we could go on and getting the context now of it you know it had to be really hard um, to continually like grind like that. And it makes me think of like things that other members have said about their creativity and like where their creativity was going. So here they are and they are trying their damnedest to be the best in the business, the best in the world. And they have 1.5 days off to do whatever, like something to rest, to sleep, to, you know, I mean, I just, I understand, but I also feel like at this point and, you know, when we possibly talk Festa, I was so sad last year at Festa because I was like, oh, I just got here and this is all ending. But after Jen said that, I was like, what a blessing that they actually got to go do things. They got, they actually got to go relax and possibly go on vacations and be creative and do things and not have the grind schedule um, and just always be on the hustle. Um, and so like, I'm glad that they talked about it. I'm glad they all kind of agreed that you know, they needed to voice that opinion, but at the same time, they're glad that they stayed together. I'm glad that they stayed together and are still together. Um, but it just made me really remember what they say. Jimin said it, Namjoon said it, they, Yoongi has said it a time or two, is that we need to trust them. They know what they're doing. Um, and sometimes that's really hard when you get in that parasocial situation where you're like, I just want them to make more of this and I want them to go live all the time and I need to run an episode or whatever. Um, But what a blessing for them that they were able to like kind of slow down and say, maybe the fans will go away or maybe they'll trust us and stay. Um, And they, we trust them. We're going to stay. So I hope that with the time, with more downtime comes this 
creative energy that I feel like they all they all really need and they deserve. They work so hard. They absolutely deserve it. It's not not surprising in retrospect that Black Swan probably started being written not too long after that. <laughs> you know, that's with being about the death of the creative process and the fear of it going away. Yeah. Having experienced professional burnout more than a couple of times, like on a serious level, it is so yeah, I mean it 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 takes I don't know how they recovered from it as well as they have. I, I suppose those they're still recovering from it because it takes a really long time when you when you burn yourself out to that degree. How do you know what your voice is if you're only getting 1.5 days a month? You don't have time to figure that out or explore or do do things. And I like that they also like talked about just the a physical exhaustion of traveling and what a big deal it is to go to Argentina and in just the the toll that that takes on them too. I appreciated them talking about that a little bit more and um, putting that in perspective for us because we don't see the those pieces of it as much um, or may not, those things may not come front of mind. Um, another part that stood out for me is when Jen asked Sugar if he was going to come like buzz his hair in a couple of days and she was like, I'll be there, but I'm not doing that. And it all like he was just getting emotional. It felt like he was getting emotional um, having to say goodbye to him. And I loved, loved seeing Jin eat nonstop. Like he just ate that entire bowl of I can't remember what he had. And he's like, I'm just I'm gaining weight. I'm getting ready to go. I'm here. I am eating. Yeah. There, there was one moment where. Yunki and, and J-Hope were talking about something somewhat profound or serious. And Jin's just over there guzzling fish cakes. And he's like, yum, fish cakes. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> he was like, as happy as a clam. He said he was 61 kilograms. That's I kind 134 of, pounds. I freaked out because he is like one of the tallest members. He's 5'11". Like, wow. Oh. I haven't been that weight since I was in like eighth grade. <laughs> wow. That's really, and, yeah. Oh my God. I just don't understand it. I just, oh, that hurts me. I just, uh, yeah. So I was happy to see him. I was happy to see him eating. And the other thing that made me happy was when they talked about how Yungi and Jin live five minutes from each other. And I, that was really sweet. <laughs> that was so sweet. Oh. Like, does that he see him me... when he puts, yeah, sorry, Allison, go ahead. It just made me so happy. They're like, we, we live five minutes apart. I was like, okay, my heart is at peace. That's like, all so, I needed. Like he's walking Holly and then like Jen's just outside putting his trash out. I was like, hey man, how's it going? Oh my God, I love it so much. The other thing I really loved too was when they were, uh, Yungi always asked like, if you weren't doing this, like what else would you be doing? And Jen straight up said, in my room playing video games probably with my mom slapping me on the back she still does that and I was like Jen I love you so much like you're amazing I had to sort of reorient my brain to who I would want to like spend a day with after watching this episode I was like Jen hands down I want to spend a day with him because I feel more connected to him than I ever have after watching this. And I feel like I would be most comfortable around him because I live with a gamer. <laughs> like I would know how to speak that like gaming language. 
And like just the fact that he's like, I'm just an outsider who does me. He's like, I don't think too much about anything. I just am like right here in this moment trying to be happy. And I was like, okay, that's yeah. I want to spend a day with you and just be happy. You can game. I can read. We'll be our little outsider selves together. So that was one of the most pleasant surprises that came out of this episode. Just keeps revealing himself over and over and over again to be this just really steady force. You know, I, I just, I don't know. I, I just keep falling for him over and over and over again. He's got so much depth and he's so steady and so reliable. It's really, yeah. He's a special and I wish one. he could see it. Yeah. Because like mm-hmm. Sugar had to tell him, he's like, what do you mean you're lazy? You made this amazing alcohol. You like mm-hmm. are doing these great things. He's like, and you're doing them really well. So right. don't. You like, established the vocal range for BTS, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he's like, and you're doing it like perfectly. Like. He didn't mm-hmm. put say that word, but he's like, you're not just doing things, you're doing them really well. And I mm-hmm. thought that was just really like a beautiful moment of the episode. I think Jin's what really, else- real- oh, sorry, go ahead, Allison, please. I'm sorry. Oh, no, sorry. What else did no, he, on. he pointed out that he was making the alcohol and there was something else that he uh, like pointed out that Jin was doing right now that was like he's like you've got these other hobbies and things going mm. on like you wouldn't just be sitting in your room and then he's like yeah. plus you're too handsome to be doing that like <laughs> with that face like, you'd acting. be doing something <laughs> oh he pointed out that he was the one to make it into a four-year university in seoul oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. he was the only member who, who i'm sure namjoon and probably others would have too but yeah all right so i did say that i wanted to talk a little bit about take two so you know we got an ot7 song so far in festa no music video to so far. And I, I mean, I honestly don't, you know, future me can go back and laugh if I'm wrong, but I kind of feel like we're not getting one because if we were, I feel like it would have come out just to help with like the buzz of getting things on the charts and like driving it. So pragmatically speaking, I think we're not getting one because I think it would have just released on release night just for like the business side of things. So thoughts on take two. Just a quick thought. I think we will probably get a performance video for Festa at some point, don't you think? Just a video of them. I think that's what the seven chairs yeah, thing I think that's that, been going like around is for. Not like a yeah. music. Right, right. Not a you know billboard promotion kind of music video. Yeah. I was just going to say, I'm really glad the song is super upbeat and has a great uh, guitar intro because the lyrics are really sad. And not like sad. They're just like really bittersweet. And I played it. Uh, I had just gotten home and so from picking up from dance and driving kids around and I just put it on Spotify, my phone, turned it up really loud. And my youngest daughter was like, is that Jen? And I was like, yeah, it is. And she was like, oh my gosh. So, I mean, it's, it's a great gift to ARMY. It really is. The lyrics are very, they're gorgeous. They're beautiful. Um, they're heartfelt and it's just bittersweet. I love, I love the song because it is upbeat um, and a little heartbreaking. And I'm dark and stormy like that sometimes. So I love that. Yeah, it has that. Me- it has a melancholia to it that really defines this era that is so beautiful and yet so difficult. Like it's it's a real time of metamorphosis for them and and for us. And yeah, I think it kind of captures a lot of those those big feelings. I, I saw um, somebody comment on Instagram or somewhere the last day or so how 
meaningful it is that the their voices get combined in all kinds of different ways in this song. Like we hear different duos and voices being blended together in different spaces in the song and how really it is like a manifestation of all seven of them together. And I thought that was a really nice thought. Yeah, I thought I think it's a beautiful song. So I've seen a couple of like small small to big critiques of the song essentially just saying that like it just doesn't feel like I've seen some like some feels that like it just doesn't feel as if like BTS is like innovating and I think that how I feel about it is this song to me feels it's a different song but to me personally it felt a lot like how yet to come felt when yet to come released and there is a sense to me that it's not like pushing the barriers but I don't feel like that's the intention I feel like the intention is like a comfort presence and to like I feel like yet to come was great like I thought I remember when yet to come came out and I was so confused because we thought that like a world tour was gonna happen and like proof was coming and we knew it was like okay an anthology but like that's kind of weird and then yet to come comes out and I'm like this just feels like an odd choice and then like in hindsight it feels very much like we're going to give you some reassuring before we like drop some bombs on you. And so this song just feels like, you know, now we're in the thick of this like enlistment period. So take two, it just felt like it fit where the group is at right now. Do I think that this is like what BTS has left in the tank? No, I do not feel like that's what they creatively have left to give the fandom. I just think that we're in this like energetically odd time that these are a little bit more kind of like these like easy listening, kind of like drawing a lot on past things to kind of be like, remember all these good memories. And, you know, I will say that for me, sometimes I do wonder about like the young forever vibe, like that, like leaning in hard to it, because sometimes it's like, for me, it's just never been like, I don't want to be young for like forever. Like, it's just not like a necessity. So when I think about it personally, like, it's just not something that really hits me in like a way that feels like what I'm seeking. And, you know, I just always want to encourage people to like grow and blossom and like get older and like keep growing and, you know, age is okay and things like that. Um, So yeah, I guess I feel like I do look forward to a point in the future where we do get like whatever the third chapters like map of the soul seven or love yourself like some of these other albums that were more kind of like you know really interesting and rich and creative and thematic it's just I don't think we're in that period right now with the solo work I think we are but I just think that as a whole group I think the group has a lot more to give and to surprise us with it's just I don't feel like yeah the intent of these songs did not feel like they were to surprise us in some sort of way yeah, this is like a tonic. This song was designed to be a tonic and and to be a balm and to soothe. And so it and it fit that perfectly. I can't imagine them doing something super edgy right now. Not that we wouldn't love it and it wouldn't be fun, but that wasn't like you said, that wasn't the purpose of the song. This this when you were talking, it kind of reminded me of um one of the early Shushwita episodes. And I'm sorry for for not remembering the name of the guest who was on. He was a uh, an actor, uh, an older gentleman who was an actor, and I've blinked on his name, and he was talking about how your audience grows, grows older with you, and I almost wonder if some of the Young Forever stuff is about 
it's more nostalgia, like we're growing older together, us and ARMY, and we'll all, we spent our youth together, which is true for the majority of their audience. Uh, and let's keep going. You know, I kind of interpreted it that way a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm always looking for interpretations of it because it does feel like it comes back over and over. And I was just like, to me, I don't love it, but I'm not like, I'm not a hater to like, I don't hate it. I'm just always like, it's just, it's not something that resonates with me like some of their other kind of like conceptual things do. So I'm always open to like when people want to process it and I can see if there's like some, some things to glean from it. And I had read something that uh, Take Two was like a love letter to ARMY because they were doing this huge celebration for Festa, like this whole 10 year, we've been together for 10 years. It's our 10 year anniversary for Festa. And like almost along the lines of we can't all be together for Festa like normally. So we're like writing this love letter to ARMY. And I feel like that's exactly what I got. So when I read that, like, I think it was like put out by the company that was like, oh, we're getting a single and it's going to be, you know, a tribute to ARMY or like a love letter to ARMY. I was like, oh, okay, sure. And then I feel like that's what I got. And I, you know, I, I, I have also read a lot of the critiques online. Um, and I just think, uh, you know, I agree with you, Leah, like, everybody has the right to their opinion and I'm not saying anything negative. I like the song myself, um, but I am open to reading critiques about it and that's fine. Um, but I wonder if some people are disappointed because of the work we got from solos. Like we got all this like rich material from solo work. And if that just kind of like set the bar higher for what the song was going to sound like and like for what the song was going to be about. And like, I agree with you guys. We're not there right now. We're in this like period of like change and this period of like moving forward while we're kind of like in a holding pattern. So yeah, like I wouldn't expect it to be anything more than it is, but I kind of can understand where someone would be like, this isn't innovative and this isn't, you know, after you listen to D-Day and then you're like, oh, take two, this isn't as innovative as that, or it's not as, you know, for some people as exciting. Not for me. I was excited. I was dancing around my kitchen. I'm just saying, I, I can see where that was coming from. So you said something that I want to touch on really quickly, which is it was a letter to Arby. Really quickly, can we talk about Jimin's letter? Because we also got a live performance to his letter. So I like what you did there. Because... We can always do that. We can always do that. <laughs> yeah. So another Festa treat is watching Jimin perform the song Letter, which is the hidden track that comes at uh, six minutes, 13 seconds after uh, the last track on Face. I love the song. I think it's a beautiful song. I think his voice sounds beautiful in it. And Am I, am I missing something? And that was that where they shot the Life Goes On video? Or no, Blue and Gray? You know, it looked really familiar, but I thought that video with Blue and Gray, I, I had a similar thought because the, the setup was so much like that. But wasn't that an MTV Unplugged for yeah. Blue and Gray? When maybe, and maybe like they the shot it, yeah, maybe they shot it in Korea. It reminded me of that, like, the mm -hmm. windows and, like, right. Like it looked I, like the same room, yeah. Yeah, it had a similar kind of like visual mm -hmm. look to it. Yeah, maybe but, though, even though it was M MTV Unplugged, maybe they shot it in that same place. I don't know. I don't know, but Jimin sounded great. He looked great. I think that song is beautiful. I love Face. What's funny is I listen to Face more than anything else from BTS right now. Like I listen to Face all the time. 
And the first couple times I listened to Face, it's I loved it, but it bummed me out. I mean, there's a lot of like hard sadness that we get through in Face. And I remember when Letter, like, you know, it was revealed there was a hidden track and I was like desperate waiting for my CD, but like Letter dropped on like YouTube or something and I could hear it. And I was like, oh my God, thank God, because it kind of like closed this like emotional loop that in Face. So I was really happy because I felt as if I needed some of that softness and like just that like particular brand of comfort that really only Jimin like can offer in this world because you know he is our lord and savior in all things in our personal deity um and so yeah I just I really loved seeing him sing this song and I could listen to it all the time and I would love if it was like ever dropped just as like an official song too um you know I'd be buying it and ranking that song forever because I think it's gorgeous I hope he does that when he when his next album comes out someday. I hope he drops that as a as a as an official track. Yeah, he just it was just such a as always with him. He just brought such a loving presence to the performance of that song. It's uh, very heartfelt. And didn't he say in his episode of Switchita that it was a letter to Army? Um, it has a very different tone than this take two letter to army it's very like this is like all of bts saying hey we've been reflecting on the past 10 years and here's where we're at and we're so thankful for you and we want to like i mean that's a that's a good chunk of time 10 years to be a group 10 years to build this community like it feels like they were just going to a reunion and being like you know we remember when we were young and we remember when we felt this way um, let's continue to sort of have the same energy and care for each other is how I took the staying forever, not young. Um, but because they do care about us so much and they want us to to stay by their side. And then just thinking about Jimin's letter, it felt so much more personal of like, you specifically have impacted me, Jimin. <laughs> like, and this is uh, a thank you. I feel like Jimin was the most nervous um, about his solo project. I always felt like when he talked about being a solo artist, he always was like, I'm not built for this. Like, this isn't, you know, I'm, I'm not planning on doing this or whatever. And so I just felt like, wow, you're amazing because this album is fantastic. And also, he is such a performer. And it doesn't matter if he's doing Set Me Free Part 2 or if he's doing Leather. I mean, he just goes, it, he becomes the song. I feel like he really becomes the song. And that is like, I feel like one of his finest qualities um, other than being a, our deity. But I just feel like he, he's just so impressive with that. Um, and so I was glad that he got to give us a performance of Letter. I'm glad that, you know, we're highlighting it a little bit more and people have more access to it because it is a beautiful song. Um, and I, it's just gorgeous. Just like everything else. I agree with you, Leah. Like, I love Face. I think Face is fantastic. So anytime, anytime Set Me Free comes up, I just stop what I'm doing. It's such a good song. I can't. Like, it's, I love it so much. This is something I might have said towards the end, but I just wanted to say it while I was thinking of it, which is I just want to give, having gone through my own biases solo release back last year, 
last around almost this time last year. I just want to give a shout out to all the Yoongi biases right now because you're on month four of your biases solo release. This started on Valentine's Day, okay? Maybe even a little before, but Valentine's Day was the day that he announced the tour. This has been going on for a while and it there's just every day amazing new content and I don't know how you're all still standing. I really don't. I mean, I love him so much that I can barely function <laughs> during this period <laughs> and I just don't know how anybody's still alive, honestly. A lot of car... car- Compart- I can't even say the word. Compartment- Compartmentalization. Yes. <laughs> a lot of that happened yeah. in my life. Okay, wait, that I don't over there. I don't know if I said this before. I may have, but I just need to get this off my chest. How in the world does life goes on sound better live than it does on the album? Because it doesn't make sense. Because I sat through two shows and I was like one of my favorites off of D-Day. How does it sound better in an arena full of people than it does on the album? I, I, if he ever put it out live, if he puts out a live album, it, we're done for. Because it just, I don't know what it is, the way that he played it or that there wasn't anything in the background. I don't know. It just, I cannot stress enough. I DM people. I've talked to people in my real life. I said, I've never been to a concert where there is a, song that sounds better live than it does on that like on spotify which i just think is a credit to him because he just i don't know i don't know how he does it i don't know maybe it's something about him playing the piano at the same time it just i don't know that song and amygdala it just seemed like at the live performances his entire heart was just bursting open while he was singing you could feel it every time so should we talk about festa I mean, I think we have been this whole time. I mean, do we have any mm-hmm. like best of predictions? Uh-huh. Oh, I know we have we have a few things that we know now are coming up, for example. And they're still a little fuzzy to me, like exactly what they're going to look like. Apparently, Namjoon is do, doing some kind of thing. I assume it's live on stage at that park. And then Jungkook's going to be narrating the fireworks show. I assume these are going to be done live and not recorded in some way. So there's that coming up. And and I don't know. I My infographic reading skills are marginal. But <laughs> I was yeah. just going to say, <laughs> let me look at the infographic. Yes. We get the Seoul D-Day mm-hmm. at like later in the month. That yeah. will happen. Yeah. And then... This weekend, this coming weekend is the um, documentaries in the theater. Right. So, yeah. we'll probably and the little ten-minute festa video that they did, where they were talking about what they were going to do for Army, yeah. was the cutest thing I've ever seen. They're like, "Let's just write messages to Army, and where do we want to put them?" And they came up with their like super sweet basic ideas up, 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 bung, po, ten. <laughs> um, up up bung, po, ten. that was adorable and just let's put oh. them in the grocery store because that's where we all go <laughs> so cute i just need to know what's happening on 6 12 right just is that the dinner almost or tomorrow yeah. i don't know it's an envelope with music notes and then a hand like this yeah 
uh, we were we were kind of wondering with each other recently whether it might be a formal announcement of Jungkook's album coming. Yeah, I wonder. I, I and I so. wonder if are we going to get a dinner video this year? They always have done one, so I wonder. Yeah, six eleven was like a screen, and then like some pictures, which maybe that's why there were three lives and like a seventy seven mm-hmm. like picture photo dump this morning. So I don't know. Six thirteen is a big question mark. So I'm thinking we're going to have a dinner just because mm. I don't know what. <laughs> They've always um, done one, right? Yeah. They and I'm wondering it. if they do it, if we're going to get it from like the fall. Like, will they have done it in the fall so that we have all the members there? I can tell you what I hope. And what I hope is they don't. I hope mm. that they do a dinner that's more recent and has some empty seats at the table. Yeah. Because the reality and right. i don't pretend like it's not happening and next year <laughs> to dinner we very well may have gin just like <laughs> exactly so i'm kind of like look i understand enlistment's happening and so while i like seeing all the content of all of them together and i think it's great i also do like think that like yeah as like my thread of tonight is like life goes on and like we move forward and so mm. i'm okay being in the present with the reality that we are in right now i don't think anything can affect me look no i shouldn't say that because god knows <laughs> me i was heavily <laughs> affected last festa mm. that was like my first army festa and so again like anyone who's been like army for a long time is like get out like get the fuck out but you know i'd been like in it for you know a while and i was like all in and was like really excited and then like sit down like Woo, this is gonna be so fun and then was like holy shit like that was some of the most emotionally devastating content i've ever seen in my life um i still don't think i've recovered from nam june's sobbing ever no right i'm with you i i would even though i miss jen and i miss hobie really bad and i hope we get lots of content with them that's recorded for festa i would i would love to hear the members thoughts on what's been happening recently i would love to hear them you know it's supposed to be a time to revisit the last year and to take stock of where they are um and to look forward and i would love to hear their thoughts about all the things that have happened in the last several months uh, how much they've accomplished and to you know to praise each other's solo efforts and to celebrate that it would be wonderful i really like that idea because i agree with you like i I'm just speaking for myself, me personally. I understand that there are people that need to see all seven of them together all the time, being happy, being that, you know, their personas, what what they put out there in the world. But like Leah said, the reality is, is that we're missing two. And so, yeah, I would like that too. I would like to see them come together, the five of them, and talk about what it's like to be here at the 10 year anniversary and two of them are not there at the 10 year anniversary because I think that's reality. And I think that chapter two and as we go into chapter three, chapter two has really been about reality. It's been about right now in the present. What are we doing? How are we doing it? What's happening? Solos, song drops and things like that. Um, Lives just for the sake of being on live, right? Like I'm going to go on live and fall asleep in front of, you know, 20 billion people or whatever it is, you know? So just, I agree, maybe 
this is a good change of mindset for a lot of us that are just like, give us more content of everybody together. Don't get me wrong. I love yesterday's Switchita episode where Jin was there and Hobie showed up. I loved it. Warms my heart. But we knew that was pre-recorded. We knew that that was coming. They even said the artist asked us to air this when the weather was warm, which I thought was adorable. I thought that was so cute. But um, I would like to see that too, Leah. I think that's a good, I think that's a good point. I think that's a good way of like growing is to acknowledge what's actually happening right now and deal with it and go from there and, and celebrate it, right? Because it's still something to celebrate. So yeah, I think I'm almost thinking that this Festa unpacking podcast series, like we should almost do like a two-parter because I think we have enough to come soon that like we should be revisiting this and putting out another pod to kind of unpack the rest of the rest of this event. So, I mean, right now we know that we have the plane and the other thing is to the plane is genius. I was like, and that was Jungkook. Jungkook's always going to come through with a clutch idea of like, let's just do like a, you know, a BTS plane and Jeju Air is like, yes, on it. I was like, why is Korea Air honestly not having like a full BTS plane? Like everyone would want to take photos with it. It'd be so exciting to be at the airport and be like, oh my God, it's like the purple BTS plane. Like when Air New Zealand went all in on Lord of the Rings and like, you know, New Zealand was like, that's our thing. And so there was like Lord of the Rings, Air New Zealand plane flying around. And it was like a big deal. I'm like, let's do it. Let's go all in, like play your strengths. And it would make everyone delighted. I agree. <laughs> Me too. Cause isn't there like a Hello Kitty one for Japan? Like there's actually a Hello Kitty gate and a Hello Kitty plane. I saw it on TikTok and like you go to the gate and it's all decorated Hello Kitty and like, the tissues you get on board or Hello Kitty and like the, you know, pack of peanuts or whatever is like Hello Kitty and everything is just Hello Kitty. Like do that for BTS, like have its own BTS gate where it's just like Bore everywhere. What? If you build it, we will come guys. Like what? <laughs> it's fine. That would be amazing. <laughs> I can't just... Now I want to fly on a BTS plane. <laughs> Right? I'd be like, okay, I guess it's time to book like my trip and <laughs> let's do this. All they have to do is have collectible photo cards and they'll sell out the every itinerary for the next two years just because people want to get the photo cards. <laughs> oh my gosh. How many oh. times do I have to fly to get all seven members in all three of their different incantations of this photo card? Amazing. Who do we talk to? <laughs> So here's my last thought before um, we wrap it up. And that is, what's Nam June up to? Because he is very quiet for being the leader right now. I know, because he talked about having another album already in the works. Is that something he's going to finish later? What's going on? Well, we've seen on Instagram, he has been in spaces with other artists. And he has been at, like at the Hybe uh what is that like the artist space or whatever like uh I don't the know, artist like lounge yes like, like a break room or something yeah. also oh yeah, and he's he, got his big ambassador role right now for yes. the, the missing in action soldiers right yes and he's also working out a lot which we've seen but the thing about his ambassadorship that i find is really interesting and i want to do more um research on it is that when he when we saw on like Twitter and on all the feeds that he was getting the ambassadorship, he had to like go to a ceremony and everything. I kind of looked it up um, and I couldn't get a lot of information, but from what I understand during the Obama administration, the United States 
had worked out an agreement with North Korea to get the remains back to U.S. soil because the idea was that they were American remains. So that exchange happened in Hawaii, from what I understand, from what I've read. From there, they did forensic work on these remains. And what they found is that they're not just remains of Americans. They're also remains of Koreans from North or South. And so from what I can gather, his ambassadorship is going to deal with the recovery effort and finding those families um, and getting peace for those families, which I thought was really interesting. Um, And also like, that seems like a pretty big job to be an ambassador for. Like that seems pretty important um, to the culture and to the whole system, like political system um, that's happening over there. So good for him. Um, But yeah, I wonder what he's doing. I'm hoping that he's well. He posts, some days he posts happy songs and some days he posts sad songs. So, you know, well, we shall see. All right. So to close it out, my last question is, this is something that I have not had the ability to catch up with because today, even though it's Sunday, I had to work all day. Um, is what is going on with the arson remix? Mm, it's a it's a rock and roll remix, and some people have pointed out that it's kind of like the Hobie Palooza remix because it's got it's got really heavy drums, heavy guitar, and it's it sounds a lot like the way it sounded at Hobie Palooza. So I think it was just a gift for Festa. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds amazing. It really does. Cool. Well, let's, uh, is everyone down to like jump back in a week or so to kind of unpack what else is coming? Like, you know, is JK still going to be sleeping on camera? (laughs) Is Okay. But like, are we getting a teaser? Because he's supposed to have an album next month. So are we going to get a taste? I think that's the June 12th thing. I really do. Yeah, yeah. I think too. But I'm always wrong. So me too. (laughs) Fine. But at some point, we're going to get it because we know it's coming. (laughs) And a friendly reminder for folks to pre order the BTS book that's coming out. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. So excited. That is going to be a huge focus. I already did that. Yeah. I, I did that. And then the next day, I got an email that was like, your order is pending. And I was like, my order? I got hacked what i didn't order anything and then i opened it and i was like oh you did you actually yeah. did order something <laughs> speaking of which i think indigo vinyl is coming soon for those of us who ordered it and it's so pretty oh that's that is a pretty vinyl album it's gorgeous I'm so excited mm-hmm. for it's that. Kinda, me too i mean i have to say that's kind of what i love about bts too is they're like pre-order this it's not going to be here for another 12 months and then i forget <laughs> right. and then one day i open up my mail and i'm like Hey. I got a gift from the gods. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> I always do the same thing, too, because I order them from Target. And I'm like, Target just charged $53 to your account. And I'm like, wait a minute, who's who hacked my account? And then I realized it's some BTS pre-order from last year. <laughs> Speaking of BTS merch, there's a BTS calendar on Weverse right now, like a planner with stickers. And I'm like, okay that is so your wheelhouse (laughs) seven planners right now i don't need another one but but especially coming from weavers so the shipping would be like twenty dollars maybe hopefully (laughs) right well yeah in a week yeah yeah let's do it (laughs) sounds good bora hey bora hey 
Can't get enough of BTS? Cool. Neither can we. So between shows, why don't you hop on over to at Afternoon Army on Instagram and join the conversation. Want to support us as a newer podcast hitting the scene? Share the love by leaving us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. And last, but certainly not least, don't forget to check out the other pod in our network, Afternoon of Delight K-Drama. Deep dives from three romance authors with new episodes every Wednesday.